Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Don't ever allow anybody to be able to change what your core is. Don't allow that. Like, don't allow them to blacken your heart. You understand what I'm saying? Because love, in the end, conquers all. Welcome to Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts, the podcast. An inspirational, motivational podcast to strengthen you, to inspire you, to make you believe that no matter what you're going through in this world, that you are strong enough to overcome it with a fierce mind and a kind heart. In this podcast, we'll be exploring some amazing people's tough struggles, but also their amazing moments so that you can relate, so that you can understand and so that you can implement some of these values into your life to help you with your own personal situations. Let's go, champ. I want you to know with this podcast that you're not the only one that's going through the things that you're going through, and we can help you. Listen up, learn, and have an amazing journey. Let's go, champs. Now, today's guest, after I retired, is arguably the strongest footballer in the game. I can see him laughing there. <laughs> He's had an incredible career and outlasted most of the people that he played with. I'm honoured to welcome the beast, Adebayo Akinfenwa. Welcome, my brother. Yes, listen. yes, I like the intro, but I don't lie to your people, though. Don't say, listen, I was always the strongest. When you was in the <laughs> had to my add that brother, one. I had to add that, that one. My brother, I had to give myself some props, man. I'm feeling a bit. Strong brother, don't get too Feeling a bit insecure sitting opposite you um, over here. I mean, listen, first of all, it's an absolute honor to have you here today. Thank you, my brother. I was really, really looking forward to this episode because I knew that from the get-go, the energy was going to be 100 yeah. and we haven't disappointed already. So that's absolutely amazing. I mean, let's throw it back to the first time we met. I can remember it. I don't know whether you can. Go on, it's, go on. It's got to be, wow. It's got to be 12, 13 years ago. I remember it was a cup game at Northampton Town. Yeah. And I was you playing was, for Coventry. Yep. Yeah. You were at Northampton. Yeah, so we're talking about yeah, 12 years. Yeah. First or second stint. So it must have been my first stint. So, yeah, we're talking about 12 years ago. Yeah, about that 2010. And I can't lie, mate. I didn't know you before that game. And when I seen you, I thought, what the fuck? <laughs> to be what bragging. is this big NFL-looking <laughs> monster do, doing playing? But the craziest thing about it was not your size. It was when I seen you pull a ball out of the air and I thought, no. Nah. You know what? You know what oh I rate? Oh, my God. You know what I rate? I rate people that have played with and against me. Like, don't get twisted. I'm comfortable with who I am. So if people concentrate on size, strength no, you look good. and that. Yeah. No, no, no. But, you know, the, the reason why I'm saying that, because I just think that 10 people can watch the same game and have different opinions, of which course. is fine. And that's and I actually think that's cool. Um, but those that know, I say, those that know... Like, I pride myself on, you know, man, I can play, man. I got a little touch, play the ball, you know, 
but there's a perception of, oh, he's a big guy, he must like it in the air all the time. And whereas, but I like the techie stuff of it. So, you know, when you said that, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Man, know about that little techie, techie stuff. Yeah. Well, the reason I can appreciate it because until I met you, everybody always used to think I was massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah number yeah. one. And I was all about pace and power. So, the last part of my game was my touch. And I always used to think, because I'm so big and I'm so quick, that's why my touch isn't the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was all about just penetrating and punching holes in the defence, putting yeah, yeah. balls across and all of that. And then when I seen you, your big south, and with that beautiful touch, you were like a ballerina in somewhat. It was very rare that I really seen you hustle and bustle. Mainly you, you, you pinned, you moved, you controlled, you played and you're, you linked the rest of the team up. And it, and it was great to see. Do you know the maddest thing is because as a kid, I actually, like anything, I loved the football. So I just, I just grew up in an estate. So and we had like a, a cage football pitch right at the bottom of the yeah. estate. And literally before anybody was out, because there weren't no mobile phones, you just, the first one out and then people kept on joining. And I just used to love doing kick-ups. And I used to just test myself, oh, can I get 20 kick-ups? And these are, I'm talking about the age of seven and then eight and then nine. And then you kick it, see if I can kick it as high and then try and control it. And these are little games which I was playing with myself, not knowing that it's training. Yeah. You're training so as I got an older, it was literally I, my size. I was always a big boy, but then, of course, started hitting the gym, so I was a big boy. But always had uh, the foundation of being able to have a touch and, and be technical. So bala. I used to, yeah, that's what I'm saying, the bala bala. Um, so I used to actually love the contrast. I used to, people used to, and then it always used to be people I played against or played with in training, be like, no, nah, you know what? He's actually got a good touch, you know, and it was it was always cool. And as I, as I got on in my career with social media, you can just go for a highlight reel of my touch now because, you know, it's sublime. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the crazy thing is, I think, have you played over 600 career games now? Yeah. So you played was, over oh, 600 career games? Yeah, over 600, yeah. You scored over 200 goals, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think any of them live up to your YouTube highlights. Yeah. The, 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 the YouTube highlights are you're crazy. And <laughs> what was it? The best one is, um, uh, you need to tell me about it, was the moment when you got basically promoted Okay, so, the, so the first, oh, the champ one. All right, so so that was the champ one. That, was, that came after, and it's funny, I, we're similar because I believe when we're in the moment, we, we, we go. We talk for how we are in the moment. That's just what we are as individuals. We're, it don't matter if... You if cannot be anybody apart you, apart it, you it, from yourself. Do you know what? That's the maddest and thing And that's is, the beautiful thing about you, though. You know, and I, I say this... Unapologetic. And, 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 and I remember, you know, I'd get comments sometimes being like, <laughs> but look how big you are, look how old you are, and you seem so excited. Or And I was like, look, you know what? If I'm gassed, I'm gassed. I, I can't hide me, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I met Stevie G or when I met Klopp or when we do something very good... At the moment, if I'm gassed, you're going to know I'm gassed. So I think the first one happened when we got promoted with Wimbledon and I was out of contract. And I remember Sky interviewed me and I was like, look, you know what? Look, technically, I think I'm unemployed. So if there's any managers out there, hit me up on WhatsApp. And that was live on TV and... People asked, oh, I can feel I said, he needs a job. And I was like, yo, I'll pay these bills. And to be fair, I, it was just a bit of bounce for me at the time, yeah. but I was excited that we just got one. And I was like, well, actually, I, I don't have a job. And the influx of people coming into my DMs all over the world. So I was like, oh, I should have done this years ago. Like, yeah. come out. But that was me. And that's where it started. And then it was, we got promoted. And what I think what made it so epic, maybe the word was, it was lockdown, so everybody was at home. Yeah. So literally everybody was at home. And 
it was unthinkable. And I don't care what anybody says. I actually think it's one of Wickham getting to the championship the way it did. And of course, it happened off the back of lockdown. Season finished early. Uh, Everybody was at home for three months. And then then we got to the playoffs and then got to the final. And then I did the interview and there was nobody in the stadium. Um, And (laughs) And still carried the energy. I tell you, when I mean I was gassed. It was it was the best moment. It was the best moment of my career, and yeah, the infamous. It, I think it. They said it went down as one of the best post-game interviews. Like, I think it clocked up the most views on Sky's YouTube. But yeah, I, listen, I was in the moment. I was in my element. I was gassed, and I, I just, it is where it is. I will always be me, mate. It was a great interview, but on a deeper level, can I tell you what I see when I look at that? Go on. First of all. I had to laugh because I'm yeah. like, look at Bale, look at this guy. <laughs> I had to laugh. But what I seen like behind all of that was your belief system. Mm. Now you t- you told a bit of your story about being unemployed and for Wickham to to make it to the championship was a somewhat like unimaginable yeah. kind of journey. Now with the energy that you carry, and I can say this firsthand, it's infectious. With the belief system that you must have had in yourself and obviously the people around you is infectious. With a large character of life that you are is infectious. And I think that that alone and what I took from that interview is a fundamental part while you and of course the amazing team at the time got to where they got to because you need a leader. And it's something that I've sat down and thought, you know, in life, yeah, some people, some people could look at you and they could look at that interview and think, this guy is so arrogant yeah yeah and i think some people mistake arrogance for confidence yeah but there's an analogy and i heard this the other day and it was if you're walking onto a plane and you get to meet your pilot and he's like look we're gonna have a bit of turbulence but i've been hitting turbulence for 20 years it's gonna be completely fine we're gonna land no problem i'm the best pilot there is out there yeah he's very arrogant yeah however you're glad that you're sitting in his chair because you want him to fly your plane. If your pilot was going, oh, do you know what? I'm not quite sure. We might land, we might not. I don't want to act confident because I don't know what can happen out there. You would be nervous. So if you're going to be in a team like you were, where the odds were against you, you need a captain, you need a skipper, you need a leader like yourself with a big personality and a huge belief system and confidence in who they are and the people around them to get where they got. So all I can say is I commend you for that. And I... I bless him so that you know what the maddest thing is it's in the last probably six years it's probably been I don't want to say the peak but the most attention that I think has, has followed me throughout my career and I've seen it I ain't gonna lie I've seen all over the world people knowing me you know and I'm talking about like the elites in the game and for me it's mind-boggling because I'll always say I didn't make it to the top but like anything you set out to play as high I mean, as you l- can l- let me say this Klopp and Pep Guardiola notice you. Yeah. You can't get much bigger than yeah, that in listen, football. So I, I, carry I, look, on. for me, they're the things which, and when I say, look, you'll know how I feel when it happens, brother, I was gassed. And we played City, and I don't care if he called it as banter. He was like, yep, yeah, we played up against one of the legends of the English game. I'm like, that's Pep. My man had Messi. I don't care if I... <laughs> if I just, he called my man a legend. I'm blessed. Klopp took out the time to send me a personal video. I chat to Mourinho when we played him in the FA Cup. So for me, these are three of the best managers, bar Gareth Ainsworth. These are three of the best yeah. managers that are out there. But reason why um, I want to come back and say that 
I, I believe it's mind-boggling because after that playoff final, we signed um, a player called Gareth McCleary. And Gareth McCleary came into our team and Gareth McCleary was playing in the Prem and that. And I remember we sat down. So it must have been his first week or second week. And he was like, you know what? You're totally different than what I thought. And I was like, yo, G. And I, I call him G. I was like, G, what are you talking about? He goes, because I watched the playoff final and when the interview happened, I thought you made the occasion all about you. But now I know you, but I know that you kind of put everybody else first. And what I took from that was, like, I was like, that's cool, because like that's my guy, and he knows there ain't much I wouldn't do for him. And anybody that knows that, that interacts with me knows that. Look, you know what about this thing is? It's not even that I lost for the limelight. And I kid you not, I keep saying, I'd rather not be known and still earn. That's the, it's not being famous over, I'd, look, I'd, Earn my money to take care of my family and y'all could take the limelight away. But what I was always saying, I was saying that, look, if they want me to do an interview, I can only be me. And that's that's literally, and I'll say this to everybody, only be you. And that's the reason why whenever I look at whatever I've done, I'm comfortable at looking at it because I'm comfortable with me. I'm listen, but it, it was I, I see when somebody did a, a sketch and it was like a sermon. It, I, it was, yeah, I, you know, it was like I, I was like, it. listen, I want to thank God for making the impossible possible. <laughs> mm, and the, you know, that's how like that's it for me. I, it was, I was I was in the moment. I was like, yo, I was thanking it. I was like, yeah, you know what, boom, and couldn't have done this. That's what I say. You're unapologetic. Like, yes, and and the worst thing it. is, and I and and me, I applaud everybody to know that nobody can do you or be you better than you. Like, there's, it's the worst thing to feel like you need validation. You can't live your life being like, oh, I've got to maneuver this way so that person likes me, or oh, that means then I've got to maneuver this way for that. Like, you will never be mm -hmm. able to find balance and self-fulfillment if you maneuver life like that. So I, I totally have got and learned from a long time ago, you are not going to please everybody. And that's actually okay. Amen. And you're not, and not everybody's going to like you. And that's actually okay, as long as you're cool and like yourself. For me, that's what it is. And, you know, we've said the only opinion that matters is the opinion you have about yourself. I tell you that, and I'll scream that to the end I'm of the year. I'm glad you brought that up because, because I was about to say it. I just, I just, for me, because that is what, for me, that's what it really is. And of course, I'm older now, so I can articulate a little bit, but that self-belief has been with me since a young age. I'm, I mean, I'm glad you brought that because the part of the interview that I watched and that, that stuck in my head was that it's about the only opinion that matters is the opinion that you have of yourself. I always use a similar analogy about no matter what is said about me in this world, as long as I can look at the man in the mirror and be proud of the person that's looking back. Thousand percent. That's all I need to work with on a daily daily basis. That's the only belief system I need. So in a world with so many mental health issues at the minute, with people suffering from their confidence, people suffering with anxiety, people not believing themselves, people getting trolled, people getting told they're not good enough. Yep. That quote stands out. This podcast is about, you know, it's about inspiring. It's about having a fierce mind and a kind heart. How would you speak to the audience that are listening today to, to tell them that they're enough, to tell them that they don't need to seek validation from anywhere else? How would you, how would you say that and relate that to your situation? You know, 
this is what I say, right? I believe that that you're you're a product and your definition of your experiences. That's what I believe. I believe that you should acknowledge your past. Yeah. I, I believe that you should not allow your past to dictate your future, but you should acknowledge and learn from your past. Mm. So for me, what I'd say the experiences I went through, I always knew what I wanted out of life. Yeah. And I'd say this, right? I still was slightly lucky because I had a support system. My parents, my brothers, my friends, I always had a support system. But within that, I still had to get up and go and do what I wanted to go and do. So know that I'm religious. God helps those that help themselves. So don't believe or don't think to yourself, oh, because you really, really want it, but don't put any tools in place to go and get it. It's just going to happen. I don't think there's not one person out there that's been able to accomplish and achieve something by just getting up and it, and it falling in their lap. That's resonated with me so much. So for me, that's what I would talk to people to understand and then I'll also come back to it's mad because when you're young I think you're ruled by to impress yeah I think as you get older you just try and do your best and that for me is that's what I live by I, I live by that you know what if I fall short but I know I put everything into it and that was my best I can live with that that I can because don't there's always going to be restrictions. I can turn around and say, I want to learn how to fly. I want to fly. And no matter how much I want to do it, but I can fly for a couple of seconds if I jump off a thing, but I'm going <laughs> to hit the floor. You know what I'm saying? So there's always... But I know if I tried everything, so they said, look, aerodynamically, you need to be at this weight or rah, rah, rah. And I did all that and I still couldn't fly, I can live with that. Yeah. So for me, I'll always look at it. And the best way, the best way that as I've gotten older, that I can sum it up. And I've already told individuals about, look, nobody can do you or be you, that your unique selling point is you. But what I, for me, I live my life is, I do not do things to prove other people wrong. I do things to prove myself right. And in turn, and, and the reason why I say it like that, I don't, I because ultimately doing it that way, you're still proving others wrong anyway. But the reason why I, start with not proving others wrong and prove myself right. Because that energy you put into proving others wrong, if you take that and put it into yourself, how much further and quicker you'll be able to achieve what you need to achieve. So the others... You'd be more comfortable in being, in being you. I mean, since my, my defining moment in life happened to me and I finally found out who I was yeah. and I put all the energy into myself so I'm capable of chasing and reaching my dreams, I feel comfortable walking into any room, yes. whether it's billionaires, whether it's yes. UFC fighters, whether it's professional footballers, whoever it is. Yes. Because for once in my life, I know who I am and I know where I'm going and my belief system is high. And I completely understand well, what you were saying. It's investing in oneself because yes. once you start investing in self, you don't have that anxiety anymore. You don't have that worry because we worry about things that we've done in the past that we regret. We worry about things that are coming forward in the future. But when you actually sit and deep it, you've got nothing to worry about in this moment in time. Oh, my days. And you, the reason why I love that, because when I mean I have been in the room, my field has been football. Yeah. That's been my field. And I've been in the room with, I'm talking about the elites in the game. Like I'm talking about man them that I admire. And I walk in, I don't quiver, not because of... 
oh, I've got this overconfidence and it's like, no, just because I'm comfortable. So yeah. we can sit down and have a conversation and I may never touch the prem. And that's even if I talk on a game, I won't talk like, oh, I'm better than them or I would literally just say, listen, where, where I play or what I did, this is how I see it. And that's all I can do it. I'm not better or worse than anybody. So that's where when you say walk in the room, I walk in the room and I'll have a conversation with the elite and be comfortable yeah. with who I am. And I feel like what I've also learned, and, and this came later on in my life, is that I think there's a, a perception out there of what men should be. And, you know, it's that, you know what, boy, we're big guys or, you know, we can't talk about problems or, you know, and, I, and the reason why I say this because you would have known this because you would have dealt with this in the game. People only, we're visual creatures. So if you say you've got a hamstring injury or a broken arm, they can understand that. They can fathom that because they can see it. If you told somebody, like, I ain't going to lie, man, today I just don't feel myself. My energy levels is not where I'd want it. Some people would dismiss it because sometimes they can't fathom it. So it's just words. What I'd said is, and what I've learned as I've gotten older, is the fact where I've, I've acknowledged that, look, some days I ain't going to be at the best version of myself. Yeah. And what the aim is, is if it's, if it's an afternoon, let it be that afternoon. If it's a day, let it be that day. Let not it become consecutive days. But it is actually okay. I started to learn... When I was going into training some days, I was like, "Ah, oh, you know what? Today I actually don't feel like I want to train as hard or, you know, be around sort of energy. And I know the energy that I'm emitting. And that's that comfortability in yourself and going there and be like, listen, fellas, I may be, I may be a little bit of a dickhead today. So yeah. if I get easily round up, but i allow it. And sometimes just that comfortability of knowing yourself, that's allowing you to be able to, because sometimes we want to push, now everything's blessed and we're smiling. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm cool and I'm good and I'm good. And you pull it on your shoulders. But what I've learned is, listen, sometimes it's cool. You know what? Today's just one of them days, man. Just tomorrow's going to be better, innit? it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, for me, what I've learned. And come back to saying every day is a learning day and just being able to manoeuvre. Because, hey, life is life does what it's supposed to do and it keeps you on it's your toes and it throws curveballs at you. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? He throws curveballs at you. There's no doubt about that. He throws moments that, that take your breath away. He throws moments that knock you down to your knees. I mean, my only... The thing is, I believe in this world it's okay to not be okay. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. We all have. Yeah, yeah. I just believe that we have to be prepared to do something about it. I guess I want to ask you, Bayo, what was the defining moment in your life where you realised that you had a fierce mind or where you had to adopt that fierce mind to get through it to to now make you think, you know what, like, there's nothing that's going to stop me anymore. You know what I mean? I've been through that. I've got through that. I've fought through that. Everything I'll come across again, I'll climb over. I will smash through. I will overcome. What was, what was that defining moment? You know what? I'll always say this, right? I say that. At different stages of my life, a different acting firm would have a different answer for it. And yeah. I think that's what happens. I think you'll have a... So my beginning stage, where I knew I had a fierce mind was from 10 to 16, they were saying you was good, but you're too big to play football. That was that. 
So straight off the back, I'm like, look, I'm not going to give nobody who comes in my life on a temporary basis permanent status over my life. So I knew that from early. I was like, yo, but I just met you. And if you told me I can't play football, I'm going to allow that for me. So straight off the back, my second one was when I went to Lithuania and I was the only black person in the league, one of only black people in Clypador, didn't speak the language. And my first game... Um, the chant was zigga zigga zigga, let's shoot the effing N word. That was it, 1,000 people, 500 my own fans, 500 the away fans. And I had a decision at that time to be able to say, boy, am I going to fly back home or am I going to persevere and come through the other side? I took persevere, come through the other side. And I learned early at the age of 18 that ignorance is bliss and sometimes people are scared of what they didn't know. And then, and then the next defining moment for me, which I think was the defining moment, was I broke my leg, didn't get a contract renewed, had my daughter. So it was the first time I had responsibilities other than myself. And I'll always say I could go hungry, you know. And when it wasn't about you. Yeah. When I your daughter came along. Shit wasn't about you no more. A, a thousand percent because you'll know, innit? Y'all yeah. will know. So when that happened, it was, I could go hungry. If I didn't have no money, I'd, I can go. My fear pierced in my heart was, I've got a dependent. I've got somebody who's responsible for me that eats, clothes, is loved by me. Yeah. So that, when I had my daughter and I didn't have no money, and it was, it changed my whole outlook. It, cha it literally changed my whole outlook. I'd, I never wanted to be in a position where she could ever go hungry. I then, and that was the age of 25 was, that changed me, period. And look, I'll always, and everybody that will know, and you know this more than when you become a parent, everything that you thought you knew, everything you thought you experienced, it 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 fails in comparison. It's your life starts, you know. There's no accomplishment like it. There's, There's no achievement that comes close. There's no feeling. Nothing. That can match the feeling. Nothing. I mean, I hear you because I, I, don't, I don't even register or remember a lot of my life before I had my, had my daughter. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying and saying that that was your defining moment, your one true defining moment where everything changed, I, I can understand. Yeah. The most beautiful thing about it is it kind of correlates to what I said. Your biggest defining moment was when something happened to you where you had to have a fierce mind. You got your true power and it's your biggest defining moment because it no longer became about you. Yeah. It became about your daughter. And because of that, that was that kind heart that you wanted to make it right. You wanted to be the perfect daddy, the perfect partner, the the person that could take care of his family. And and that's the true power. The, the kind heart. Listen, the worst thing, I love this phrase. Um, but I, I think that, I think positivity is a longevity fuel. That's what I believe. 100%. You know, I think for some reason, negativity travels faster, but positivity is a longevity fuel. And that's what fuels me in the sense of, you know what, but you got to count blessings and not problems. That's me. Uh, Do you know what I'm 100%. saying? I've got to be like, and of course, you then start to, and I keep coming down, coming back to 
you're a product of your experiences and experiences for me comes with age. So I now look at it and sometimes I'll be thinking, oh, oh man, this was dark. And and then of course you you, you conversate and you interact and then you, you kind of, you, it puts it, it literally puts it into perspective sometimes. And you realize, you know what? Things could have been a whole lot worse. And it's it's a counter to us it's a counterproductive statement because things could be a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Realizing so, that you know we are quite blessed. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on that because I think that will help a lot of people listening. Because I think I mean I, I can only relate that situation to when I was back in hospital with my with my little girl. Like it, it was during COVID. Yeah, like I couldn't go to a club, I couldn't go out and see my mates. Mm. I couldn't go out the room. I was in a room, I couldn't go to the shop, I couldn't see my mum, I couldn't see my dad. I didn't have Sky, I didn't have internet, I didn't have anything. I was in a room with my daughter, and not only that, I feared losing her every single day. That being said, I had the best six months of my life because yeah. I didn't think about all the problems. I thought about how amazing this actually was, how lucky I am to have such an incredible daughter. How blessed am I to be able to spend so much time with the person that I love the most? I thought I was the luckiest man in the world. Yeah, I had a hard job on my hands. Yeah, it was traumatic. Yeah, it was terrible. But because of my mindset, it was also magnificently beautiful. And the time that I will remember for the rest of my life. And I think that's an important message. It's about focusing on the positives. And that's what I try not to do. So you know what I learned from you? Listen, I always was off the ilk of, you know, counting blessings and something similar happened to me when I was in a hospital. And not just that period, it's the simplicity of... I think nowadays we get caught up in... Not, be, not even just this rat race, we get caught up in what we feel like we need to be able to manoeuvre in life. And... My same for you, the simplicity of just being in a room with no distractions with somebody that I wanted to be with. That is the most powerful. You could have stripped everything away. I could have been just in flip-flops and a T-shirt and shorts. Yeah. yeah, you can turn around and say, oh, yeah, you know, it could have been so much if I had this real comfortable bed and the heating was there. I don't have this, I don't have that. You know, in fact, what do I have? What See, and that, for me, that's what I was going to come to, is what do you have? So for me, it's that need of being around and for those people that care and love for you. So that was what I wanted to take off that. Yeah. So, yeah, man, powerful, uh, my brother. Thank you. I mean, it's incredible to be to be sitting opposite such a great father as well. And that being said, like I, I want to salute all the incredible dads that are out there because there's so many of you guys who don't get enough credit. I also want to say to the dads that aren't around, it's time to step up because if there is a chance where you need to reconnect or there is a chance where you need to step up, it's a great time to do that because a lot of the dads out there don't realise what they're missing out on. You know what, I can talk firsthand on that um, because, look, Everybody will have their own situations and everybody will have their own reasons and that is what it is. But at the end of the day, when you strip it all away, all that matters is that interaction and that love that you have with your child. And you know, and the reason why I say this because it's that I've got my oldest son. It's for me, it's the most 
important thing for all five of my kids to know, look, dad will always be there. I don't care on this planet. Your dad will always be there. And there's situations which sometimes you may feel is out of your control. But I'd say stick in there. I applaud to keep saying, yo, it's worth it. Because the next generation, the children, they are worth it. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Going, because slightly like rolling on from that as well, Bayo, yeah, like we can't hide the fact that even though you're a beast, even though you're a big dude, you're a lovable guy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You you receive a lot, a lot of love, a lot more love than you receive hate, let's put it that way. Yeah, you, yeah. And you give even more love. I, I get the sense as well from you that even even though you have had that rejection, even though you have had that racism, even though you've had those times that are trying to oppress you and keep you down, they're not the the things that you want to radiate up onto the people you meet or the world now after. No. And, and, and for me, that's really important in a person because experiences can either turn you bitter yeah. or they can turn you better. And it's just interesting to see opposite you knowing that there's so many things that have and could have gone against you but you've turned it round into positive. You haven't adopted that attitude of which was harsh upon you. Because I feel like you should learn from your past, but not allow your past dictate your future. Yeah. That's what I feel. So when they were coming at me, you, you know what you. I'm saying? Yeah, but you, yes, exactly, because you define you. You're the one common denominator. But I'll always throw this out to anybody listening to this year. Tell me the first person that disrespected you or said you was whack. Back in the day, the first person. But I beg you can't remember their name or their face. You know, so why are you going to give that person that much power Influence of, his, of your that. life? That So for me, that's what it was. Trust me, don't get the game twisted. I'm not saying I want to walk around and everybody hate me or everybody. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is those that, for me, say whatever I can't do, they don't define me, literally. Yes. So if they're not for me, if I wouldn't take advice from them, but why am I going to allow their abuse to penetrate my soul? And that's why I say that, yeah, you Don't know Don't take what? criticism from people that you, you wouldn't take advice from. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that's the state. That's yeah. exactly the quote. So for me, it's when I interact with individuals, I literally am authentic. Don't get the game. There's going to be people that say they don't check for me because sometimes your energy don't check for everybody's energy. And that's fine. And this is what I'm trying to say. Like, we don't live in a fairy tale world. I don't get on with everybody. And we can't I please everybody. And we can't please everybody. And I am okay with that. So those people that don't check for me, I don't check for them neither. Those people that are not for me, I'm not for them and I'm not around them. So this is the thing. So I'm very, very okay and comfortable with those that are people are not for me and those that are for me. Because what I am trying to, whenever I interact with people, if our energy is blessed, Trust me, you are going to get nothing but positive energy from me. Positivity is longevity. Yeah. I think negativity runs faster, but positivity... And that's what I try and roll, but I try and roll and, off. And, and that's why this game of life is all about endurance. Yes, I totally agree. It, it literally is. It's the, endurance because, like you say, positivity is longevity. It's also hard to be positive for so long. Oh, but yes, that's it why is. it's a battle of endurance. Yeah. Negativity is quicker... But it's about endurance because you have to outlast it. If, if you've got the strength to outlast that negativity, on the other side is the positive. On the other side is the light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. And also, it's that, it's that battle of wills to remain strong, to remain positive, to, to carry on. So life is 
But you definitely the tortoise and not the hare. Do you know what the maddest thing is? And this is where I say this to a lot of people that be like, oh, whatever it is, they're going through trials and tribulations or they want to make it as football because that's what I get a lot. And I'm like, but who said life was meant to be easy? Like, who said life's easy? For me, life does what it's supposed to do and that's keep you on your toes. That is what it is. For me, it's you have got to try where it can encompass tools to help you manoeuvre this thing called life because exactly that's what it is. It's an endurance. So knowing that, you've got to try and surround yourself with people that's for you, that the energy is for you because energy is zapping when you're up against it constantly and you know it. Like, we have all felt that energy where it's just on tops. But if you're not, it's not like you're getting beat up physically, but you just know that, I've just had one of them days and you are zapped and that's energy. So if you're not around people that can balance out your energy or you haven't learned tools where you can balance your energy, exactly like you said, this life thing can be problematic. So when there's people that for some reason, and you'll know it, will always be able to pick out the negatives. You know, be like, oh yeah, you know what? Brother just had a good game. But brother, you, I swear you just missed that one. Or no, we've done this. And oh, brother, you know that. So for some reason, only see the negatives that's in and around you. So Well, I'll call it sometimes you have to be unselfishly selfish. Because f for me, the only reason I kind of... It seems crazy. The, the only reason I'm here on this earth now is I, I want to help others. I want to see how far I can go to help and inspire others. So in order to do that... I have to be unselfishly selfish. Yep. I've got no time for bullshit. I've got no time for time wasters. I've got no time for people that are trying to suck negative energy out yep. because I'm there. And then hopefully, when I'm on my journey, those people that I had no time for then can understand the path that I was on and could be inspired and could be helped themselves by what I'm doing. But in order for me to get there, you have to be unapologetic about who you are. And you have to be unselfishly selfish to pursue and to, to drive down that path. But I'm totally with you. Like for me, the best way I guess I kick it and, and the mandems have done it. But sometimes you know an elevator's packed and who's the one that's just going to walk up the stairs with you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people that's just going to jam and wait for the elevator and some people are going to be like, nah, man, bruv, I'm going to go walk up these stairs because I want to go and get to where I need to go and get to. And then also knowing that what you what you learn through that process of walking up is, is as valuable as when you get yeah. to the top. And for me, that's where it is. Everybody around me would walk up the stairs with me if the elevator's full. So, boom, that's how I'm making it. I love you. that, man. I love that. <laughs> I think I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring like a like a last kind of point to this it might be a lengthy last point but it's going to be important and you're going to understand and definitely the listeners are, are going to understand and enjoy this part so my life now is about you have to challenge yourself every day in life yep. i feel like the only place where you can grow your highest growth zone is outside your comfort zone yeah i also believe that that many things come your way in life that you have to i personally choose to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I choose to put myself in a situation every single day which requires me to tap in, which requires me to be tough, which requires me to have patience and endurance and hurt because then I begin to get comfortable with it. I begin to know how to combat it. David Goggins says, build calluses on your mind. I say, bulletproof your mind and your body to withstand anything that can come your way. That combined with my like unmatchable self-belief at the minute means that I can achieve, I believe, anything in this world. I believe that nothing is going to come and rock me like I've been rocked before because I've been there. I call this podcast Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts, because 
I believe that I've needed a fierce mind all my life. I believe that I need it now to not only overcome the situations that I'm trying to overcome, to combat all the negativity, to be able to battle through all these challenges, all this this heartache, all of these hard things are, that come my way. I also believe that the kind heart is absolutely imperative in that because without the love for my daughter, I wouldn't be able to achieve any of this because yeah. she is my superpower. Yeah. I guess I want to know, beast mode on. Yeah. I can relate to beast mode. Say nothing, yeah? say nothing. I want, you, I want you to leave us today with, I know the beast mode on, I know it's a brand, right? But it's more than that. Yeah, man. There's a message behind that and I believe there's a valid message that people need to know out there because I'm going to say something as well. Sometimes it can be said that the worst thing that happens to man is become civilised. That's because in order to combat these things in life, you have to be a savage. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to be a monster. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes life requires you to be a monster. And then, so I want to know, tell me a little bit about your Beast Mode right. On so, and why it's important to you. You know what? And the people. Beast Mode On is a mantra. It's a mindset. You know, you defy the limitations people try and put on you. Yeah. Because that's what people try and do sometimes. Yes. They might be like, you know what? It's too short to be a basketball player. Oh, he's from the hood. He can never get out the hood. So people try and put limitations and restrictions on where you want to be. Defy, beast mode on is that. Defy the limitations people put on you. And the definition of beast mode is literally be the best version of yourself. It's yes. you versus you. Yes. Everybody else is just a byproduct of your journey. But it's you versus you. So when you're the best version of yourself, then you're blessed. And the reason why I want to just kind of leave it, like, I've, let's believe, yeah, a professional is just an amateur that didn't quit. So know that. Know that that's what it's about. So when I maneuver with Beast Mode, Beast Mode for me, it's synonymous. Like, for me, and you'll know it, of the definition, the most beast mode individuals out there is mumsies. <laughs> for me, I'll just say it because that's yeah. what it is. They apply themselves to, to what it is. They love with sometimes without being warranted back or complimented back. They go out and they do that. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's because we mumsies boys. Pups, we, we, we do what we do. You know what I'm saying? As pups. But for me, that's what I bring out. That's what beast mode is. You as an individual, when you get comfortable with who you are, don't try and impress. Just always try and do your utmost best. Incredible. And don't be afraid to activate beast mode when need be. Hey, do you know what? saying it's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Do you know what? Let me, let me, and you, you touched on that, right? In the sense where, see, don't get the game twisted, right? But sometimes you have to counter that negativity with beast mode. You understand what I'm saying? But we've all watched, we've all watched these fairy tale films and we've all watched these films that in the end, I truly believe love does conquer all. But sometimes you're, you're, you're gonna have to be a warrior and stand up. But at the end of it, I do believe love conquers all. So know that, don't ever allow anybody to be able to change what your core is. Don't allow that. Like don't allow them to blacken your heart. You understand what I'm saying? Because love in the end conquers all. Incredible. Blessings. Thank you very much. Love always, brother. Love so always. much love, man. Come on, Listen. Jeez. It's always been love. Oi, fam. Yo, it it's is been an absolute honour, man. Oi, fam. Come on, I already know, but I'm here. Like, but we'll have a session together, like, but not outside, inside, because I, I, <laughs> I can't keep up with you. I'm old now, brother. You get me? But yo, Listen, love. Fierce minds, kind hearts. Yeah. And remember, love conquers all. Bam. Stay positive. <laughs>
Let's go, people. Blessings. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fierce Minds, Kind Hearts. If you are suffering, struggling, or want to know more about mental health, head to mind.org.uk. Remember, your voice will always be heard and there is always someone to talk to.